Welcome back to Badass Women 50 Plus. I am Robin Lane, 88 years of age, psychotherapist, creator, and producer of this show, and my co-host, the young and beautiful Maria Sakura, is off making a movie. As you know, the women that we showcase are those who have overcome significant challenges and is what woman hasn't, so maybe you could be a guest on our show, and they have gone on to be victorious. Today, instead of one guest, I will be interviewing two, and each in completely separately as they are in unrelated fields. However, the commonality is that each took the road less traveled in midlife and both are at work creating their own artistic style, one in the field of photography and the other as a stand-up comic. They also share a passion for the truth. So I'm going to shut up now and introduce our guest, the extraordinary photographer, Angelica Buchner. Welcome, Angelica Buchner. It's a pleasure to see you. It's a pleasure to be with you, Robin. I'm going to cut to the chase because we have lots of photographs that we want to look at. Okay. You're an extremely successful photographer. You started out in Germany at 23. Yes. You have amazing clients. You had L'Oreal, Maybelline, Swarovski, right? Wolford. I mean, I use all of them. <laughs> Maybelline now. <laughs> and then you did some wonderful work with young people. So how did you start out? Well, I started out in Germany after my studies. I, I started working for myself as a freelancer already at 23 because I think probably I'm a very independent spirit. And uh, I started uh, with my own studio and uh, got jobs pretty, pretty fast. I, I think it was amazing. So I started in Frankfurt, which was more in the advertising business. And uh, besides that, I worked on my book and uh, I, I worked a lot with young models for testing and I was collaborating. And how, how, did you, how did you get the young models to do tests? Uh, well, they're all uh, in model agencies. So, uh, and we, we collaborate with model agencies and uh, I worked a lot with stylists and makeup artists and hairdressers who were all in the, were all a creative team. So, and... We were all close together, so we started working on, on fashion and on beauty and a lot of creative artwork as well. At that time, I did a lot of body painting work. And even with that work, we got covers for, for a German magazine, for Stern magazine, which is pretty popular. And we did, um, yeah, amazing, amazing work already. And Let's take a look at this little video that we have Great. of those early days
make a wish by a woodland stream and set it drifting to the sea. Okay, we're back. <laughs> and so you did these beautiful young people and you're very successful. And then you, somewhere along the line, and that's one of the reasons we're here today, you do this marvelous book, Later in Life, Later. I underscore am book. Yeah. And you have a change of perspective. So how did that come about? Hold on a second, because I remember you telling me this story that you were photographing for companies that were advertising for people that were in their 50s and 60s and you were using 30-year-old models and on top of that you had to have them touched up. Exactly. So is that is that part of what changed your perspective? Yes, because I was really missing on the real women and mature women, if we want to use that word, which were like over 50, over 40, over 50, over 60. And I think the only image like those women were used to was like the grandmother image without being anything wrong being a grandmother but we can't be reduced to that so well, you, you change that you change yeah, that so. let's let's take, let, let's take a look at the little video that karen the beautiful fabulous karen williams did yes that introduces your book and some of your wonderful models When I say I am to you, what do you think? Hard to believe. I, mean, I always say I'd like to take the fear out of aging. You don't reach a certain age and you don't dwindle down. Who defines beauty? What beauty means to you and what that means to me will be completely different. I feel a sense of responsibility that when I go outside, people ask me, what are you dressed up for? Or I say life. I am dressed up for my life. If you had come to interview me in my 40s, I would not be as whole as I am today. It always starts with looking where it comes from, um, what values have been imposed on you, and what would it mean to challenge those beliefs. After he died, I had to figure out, like, who am I? Because I wasn't that person anymore. So I'll turn 60 um, next year, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm proud of every year on Earth, but I do see that, um, that people are still quiet about their age. In my mind, I feel like I can do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you go out there and your body says, no, you can't, mm -hmm. not anymore, you know? But I don't think that'll stop me. I just have to adapt. We have different battles. Um, women's is finding our voice, finding our power, um, not through the structure that we've been conditioned to have. And men's healing is to allow that. Women are so powerful and so complex and so amazing and beautiful. I don't care about these wrinkles. I don't care about this. You know, it doesn't matter. It's the life in me, the pleasure, the joy that I find in life and the people around me, and there's so much to learn. Every period of your life, there's a different kind of beauty. 
different, um, you know, ideals, right? There still are ideals that you know, you're supposed to work for And I like this idea as we get older, we don't have to start falling apart. <laughs> I never let my hair grow gray. I like bingo, mahjong, uh -huh. like scrabble. Could you imagine what it would be like to grow old if you couldn't, if you weren't looking at your reflection? I'm still developing this relationship with my new body. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to be nude and have it photographed like it matters, mm -hmm. um, felt freeing. Yeah. And it's not something that I have to hide. Right. I have scars. This is a woman's body, still. I'm just lucky that I'm still alive. It actually does sometimes get even better. Tell me about Casey. Let's look at that photograph. I want to, I want to tell you something personal. I love it not just because of the aesthetic, you know, her magnificent pose, but I love the text that you have. And you have many things that describe what a woman is. But the thing that I personally relate to is the parts that say, I am bossy, I am opinionated, and I am unapologetic. And I love that, that somebody has that in a text and acknowledges it. What made you pick the text to put behind that form? Well, first of all, I like to combine the picture with text, and then I pick the words who spoke the most to me. <laughs> so it's very personalized. And then for the book, we, we did the opening pages, the inside cover with, I think, 200, 300, 400 IMs. And there's a very important sentence, which I like to read, which is also in my book, which says, I am two of the most powerful words, for that's what we put behind them shapes your reality. And this was Wayne Dyer who said that, and I always loved that, so I had to put it in the book. So I think I am, and then if you ask people, what's your I am, it's very interesting. Me? I am lucky. <laughs> but let me tell you, there's another picture that I don't relate to at all, and that's okay. the group picture. You've got four nude women embracing one another. There is no way in God's green earth that at any point in my time, in my life, no matter how young, that I would have ever had a picture like that. And one of those women is transgender, correct? Yes. So absolutely. you want to tell us about that photograph? How did that come to be? Uh, actually, there was uh, one of my friends, uh, she said, I'm going to get a group together and of my horse riding friends. So we did that and we shot them all individually. Everybody's individually in the book with their testimonial and their text. And then somehow in the end, I think, there was such a great vibe. And then we said, okay, let's do a shot all together because it wasn't planned, you know, but this is the things which come up and you just have to stay open and, um, and just see the evolution. And they were so great together. And I'm pretty sure that they haven't even been sitting beside each other in a bathing suit. And no. the, tall, the tall woman is trans, uh, transgender, right? Yeah, one of them is. Uh, well, I don't know in size-wise, but if you don't see it, well, it's easy, even better. She's on the end. It's very interesting. Yeah. She, she had her coming out with 63. At so, 63? Yes, because she didn't dare to do it before, and she only did it when her father died. 
who was, I think, Greek or who was very religious, whatever, she didn't dare to do it. And when the father died, she came out to her mom and she did the full transformation. And she looks beautiful. She looks beautiful, yes. She looks so proud. Yes, she does. She looks good. And, and, and to be in her body, I think it was really present to her to do that photo session. So this is really enriching as well, where you give a lot to the person you photograph. And, That's they, and I wanted as well that everybody, every woman likes her picture, yeah. likes yeah. herself. And, yeah. likes and what's her. interesting too is that in these photographs, you don't use any lighting, nothing. And makeup, it's all natural, right? It's all natural, all natural makeup. You know, if somebody asks me, do you want me to put red lipstick on? I say, if you like yourself like this, do it with a new body, but, or just put nothing, just stay pure. And so everybody did his own makeup. So I think that's fine, just a little bit, touch-ups or so. And I didn't retouch the pictures, which is very important. You didn't retouch the pictures. I didn't retouch the pictures, not the bodies, not the faces. I just gave them an artistic mood, so turn them in black and white or special colors or whatever. So. Well, I'm never posing for any picture that can't be retouched. <laughs> so let's take a look at the women that you photographed from 60 to what, a hundred and... Ninety-nine. Let's take a look at, at those yes. photographs. you want to tell us about these women pretty quickly as we go through the photographs? We'll okay. go to the video now. Yeah, Barbara came visiting to the United States. She visited her daughter, which I didn't photograph, but her daughter arranged for her mother to be photographed by me, and, and she, she really liked it. So she's an amazing woman. I think she was in her 80s. And uh, she was very cool with all her scars. I think she had a lot of surgeries. She had the, the mastectomy. And uh, well, she never did the, how do you call that? Um, building up the... Um, reconstruction. Reconstruction. She never did reconstruction and so. And um, no, she was an amazing woman. I, I really loved her. So there's a very touching story of one of the young women that you photographed. I think she was in her 40s or 50s, something like that. To me, that's a young woman. Yes. And Chiara. And Chiara had a double mastectomy. And she was willing to pose for you for so many photographs. Yes. And we even have this short little video of her. But she passed away, am I correct? Yes, she did. Yes. She was you want to tell us about her? Yes, 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 absolutely. I met her through one one of the other women I photographed through the Silver Woman, and I met Kira. I was really impressed because she she is really like the cancer broke cancer spokesperson, and she had a huge following ship on Instagram. And her page was called "The Beauty Through the Beast," which says it already. So, and she was a, she was really a fighter. She was she was amazing. And she said, also, if I have cancer, I do it with style. So she had, <laughs> she had photo shoots, and she was really, yeah, going nude and, and showing as well uh, that a woman without boobs can, can be a sensual person and is not losing her womanship. We're going to say goodbye. Okay. Thank you so much. I, our audience doesn't know that we're filming you. Where are you in France? I'm in the southwest of France, close to the Pyrenees, actually. Where they've got some really good food. <laughs>
excellent. It's a lot organic. Everyone, yeah, it's very, very healthy environment. Yes, yeah. Don't tell me that you're in France eating tofu. No. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, no, Thank no. you so much, Angelica Bootner. And we will put up your book and where people can buy it. Okay, thank you so much, Robin, for having me. I really enjoy and I love your program, what you're doing, the Badass Woman 50 Plus. It's amazing. All right, well, I don't want our audience to go away yet because we have, we're coming up with a comedian. That is next, is our stand-up comic. Welcome, Felicia Madison. Okay, we're going to have no time for chit-chat. We're going to cut to the chase. I want you to tell me how. At the age of 50, you decided to become a stand-up comic. Well, I was always looking for something to do and never did it. And then someone asked me, why do I think stand-up stuck? And it occurred to me, with stand-up, um, you don't need a business plan or a partner or money. All you need is yourself and a lot of guts. <laughs> okay, let's go to one of your stand-up routines. Yeah, I was born Felicia Joy Madison, and I got married, and the joy left my life. I became Felicia Madison Levy. Don't really like Levy. I particularly hate that people are always asking me how to spell it. They're like, is it an I or a Y? I'm like, really? It's a Y. J-E-W-Y. So I studied hard, I went to a good college, and I succeeded the old-fashioned way. I married my boss. <laughs> I didn't marry my boss. He wouldn't leave his wife. But don't judge, back then it wasn't sexual harassment, it was a weekly review. <laughs> Just my luck, I'm finally in a career where I get to sleep my way to the top, and it's not allowed. But I'm happy this Me Too woman movement, now for my daughters, now they'll never find a husband. I, I did end up marrying a really rich, I mean, nice guy. But it was hard work. It took me three years to get him to propose to me. Yeah, and I had to be in my best behavior that entire time. Cooking, cleaning, swallowing. I'm kidding, I'm a nice Jewish girl. I don't clean. I love your routine on dating apps but it does get a little raunchy. So I wanna ask you something. Have your kids seen your show? My older kids have. My teenager has never seen me perform. And I just say that, you know, as a teenager, your mother's always embarrassing and this is just extra added embarrassment for her. <laughs> Let's show that part of your routine. Any single guys in the audience? No? <laughs> I have a 26-year-old daughter I'm trying to get rid of. <laughs> no? She, she looks like me, she acts like me, and I can't stand her. <laughs> She's on the dating apps. Anyone meet on a dating app here? Dating app? No? Dating app? No? No one admits it, but they're very <laughs> successful. <laughs> She's on Bumble, the one where she gets to pick the guy. 
And I'm like, she can't pick a melon. <laughs> How is she gonna pick a guy? And then why are there no reviews? Like there are reviews for everything. Okay, doctors, restaurants, Uber drivers get reviews, right? So I'm gonna institute reviews and it's gonna be like girls when you purchase something online and you have to return it and you have to give a reason. So it's about, I'm putting this man back into the pool. Reason doesn't look like picture. Reason arrived damaged. Reason too small. And I, I decided after a while that it's just like they got it all wrong. Uh, I'm gonna create an app for you guys. I think it's we go back to the time that the mothers pick. Yes, I mean, you have a picture, first of all, okay? Totally useless. You all look the same in the end, bald and fat, so, like, who cares? I'm gonna have, so you just list three things, okay? Your income, your height, and your real height. <laughs> yeah. You market products wrong, okay? Especially when it's for women. Like, for instance, uh, there's something called a vibrator, right? They looked at it. What should we name this? Hmm, it vibrates. Let's go with vibrator. I mean, could you think of like 20 things that would be more attractive than that? What would you name your vibrator? I would name mine, not my husband. <laughs> okay, you have another side a serious side. And in your one-woman show, we have taken out excerpts in which you talk about your beloved father. And I don't want to say one single word about it because I want our audience to see it. So let's go to video. This is my dad, Leon. He grew up in the Bronx when the Bronx was the Bronx. <laughs> That's my mom. Her name's Joby. She grew up on the uh, Lower East Side when the Lower East Side wasn't cool. One night in a dance hall in Manhattan, they met, and my dad swept my mom out of an unhappy childhood and swept her into an unhappy marriage. <laughs> they got married, they struggled. My dad worked seven days a week at backbreaking labor. Our wedding night was pretty close to perfection, because my in-laws paid for it. <laughs> My favorite part was the father-daughter dance. It wasn't your typical dance. No, no, no. My dad led me across every inch of the dance floor, twirling and spinning me. I felt like Cinderella at the ball. And then the grand finale, the big tip. <laughs> he dropped me. <laughs> we all had a big laugh at the time. What we didn't realize back then was that this was the beginning of my father's Parkinson's disease. One day, she dragged my father along with her to an art class. My, the teacher in the class noticed my dad sitting there very bored, and he handed him a hunk of clay. My dad took the clay and started molding his big, burly, greasy hands over the clay. He looked up at his wife, down at the clay. Up at his wife, down at the clay. He was so engulfed, 
He didn't notice the teacher and the class gathering around with their mouths open. When he finally looked up and took his hands away, he too was amazed to see a perfect bust of his wife. Good story, right? Way to go, Dad! This began a lifelong passion for him. He began studying with artists. He went to visit museums and quarries to pick out stone. He won numerous awards and even appeared on the cover of the New York Times. Yes, the New York Times. Dear Diary, I am 49 and my dad is dying. I wish I had told him that I loved him more and that I was proud of him. My dad lay dying somewhere in the middle of New Jersey in a hospice facility. Yeah, I know, I'm a bad daughter. Who lets the father die in New Jersey? <laughs> 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 Mrs. Levy, your father was being violent, and we had to sedate him with morphine. He wasn't being violent. That's his normal behavior. <laughs> and, and he's hungry. He, he hasn't eaten. He, he wants a muffin. Can we get him a muffin? Mrs. Levy, when you're in hospice and sedated on morphine, we are unable to feed the patients as we fear they can choke to death. You're fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> you're starving him to death and you're worried he's going to choke on a muffin? Get him a muffin. Get him a muffin now! He got the muffin. I grabbed his hand. The hand that was once so strong. The hand that heaved heavy machinery, tied my skates tight, and led me across the dance floor. These hands, for most of my life, were an embarrassment. I didn't see the greatness in them. All I saw were the tattoos on his arms, the grease put underneath his fingernails and ingrained in the creases of his skin. I leaned over and whispered in his ear, you deserve better than this, Daddy. I'm sorry. I love you. That was the last time I saw my father. Okay, Felicia, we're back and we're going to say goodbye. Anything you want to add? That video is amazing. What an amazing story. Who is that? Oh, oh wait, that's me. Someone make a movie out of it, please. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, Felicia. I cannot wait to get to New York and to go to, you're at the West Side Comedy Club? Correct. Westside Comedy Club to see Felicia Madison. Thank you so much for having me. Remember, we are on the last Tuesday of every month. So, see you next time. Yeah.